Okay, I can, like, hear you typing, so you're gonna be typing throughout this whole thing. So. I guess I won't do my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone, my name is Megan Brown, and welcome back to my podcast, Peachy Conversations. I am here with... Me. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Justin Redding, and uh, I'm going to be interviewing him today. But first, I'm going to ask how your day was. Uh, it was pretty great. I sat around and I played video games. <laughs> Wait, what games? I'm really just having the time of my life. <laughs> what games did you play? Did you hear me? No. I asked what games you played. Ah, today I was playing Monster Hunter. Yeah. Great time. <laughs> Glad. I won't imagine what it's about. I, I wouldn't. I don't know anything about that game. No, it's, uh, yeah, you just hunt monsters and that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I, uh, did homework <laughs> all day, suffered. But we're here. <laughs> you should try not doing that. Works out pretty well for me most of the time. Uh huh. But you don't have homework, so. Mm, not that you know. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I'm gonna start off with uh, my first question because I know you order large bags of candy all the time, and I want to mm-hmm. know when did you start ordering large bags of candy, and how did you find out about them? Really, the, the question is, when did you start making terrible decisions in your life that greatly affect your teeth? And the answer to that is, as soon as I had any amount of money, and I learned that places sell candy in bulk. <laughs> Has it really impacted your teeth? I don't know. My teeth are shit. <laughs> it's been good. I've been better about it recently. I started flossing. Um... Uh-huh. But before that, I had to get two root canals on either side of my mouth, and for a period of three months, I had pain while eating anything. That's why you don't eat the five-pound bags of candy all the time. See, I had money. Uh-huh. And I had Amazon. Uh-huh. So it just, two terrible things, terrible combination just leads to even worse decisions. What was your what was the first bag of candy you ever bought? Do you remember? The first bag I ever bought was just it was it was Swedish fish. Uh-huh. Just a five pound bag of Swedish fish. How long Don't know it? how I found it. Don't know why I got it. But it was the best decision that I made that led to a trail of even worse decisions. <laughs> how long did it take you to finish it? Three days. You ate a five-pound bag in three days. (laughs) In three days. At any given moment, if I wasn't working, I was eating Swedish fish. You know how long it took me to finish the five-pound bag of sour gummy worms you bought me? Two months. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I don't understand how you consumed it in three days. Constant consumption. Constant. Okay. Um, speaking of ordering candy, I think this is your first, Sweet jo- Sweetwater was your first job, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, my, my first ever on the books job. Okay. Um, what was your most memorable experience from working at Sweetwater? I think for me, the most memorable experience would be the time I had to get stitches. 
and it was it was an event mm-hmm. first off it happened when i mishandled a sharp object i had placed my hand down on my work desk right next to said sharp object and had cut myself open pretty well nice. i didn't really notice it for a good two minutes until i noticed that there is a large pool of blood on me the desk the floor and the item i was handling which at the time was a six thousand dollar guitar and uh i didn't really freak out i walked up i was used to this song and dance because i'm pretty clumsy and i work with a lot of knives so i tend to cut myself pretty often but never this bad so i walk up to my manager he sees me bleeding and he's pissed this is the second time he's had to clean up my butt this week I get sent up to the office. They had the security guy take a look at it because the security guys at the warehouse had a little bit of medical medical history. Mm-hmm. And he says, yep, that's stitches. I said, is that really stitches? And he, he peels it open again and uh, it kind of squirts. He ew, said, yep, ew, that's ew. stitches. And so they take me upstairs after wrapping my hand in like 20 layers of fucking paper towels because they were out of uh, they were out of actual like bandages mm-hmm. and all the managers get together and they they have to pick they have to pick which one has to take me to the fucking hospital <laughs> and none of them want to do it so they had to they had to draw lots the guy who pulled the lot was this guy named chris and he the only noble thing about him is that he worked 140 hours a week and he wore toe shoes uh-huh so Toshu's here is pissed that he has to take some sniveling kid to the fucking hospital, right? Uh-huh. And but but before we go though, my the big head manager, the warehouse manager, he comes up and he asks, Are you gonna be okay for a little bit? Because you know, we have this meeting we gotta have. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm I'm looking at my hand, it's bleeding through the bandages, and said, Sure, I got I got a good fifteen minutes. <laughs> and so we go down, we hold the meeting, it's your standard stuff. It's like, hey, here's our numbers for today, here's what we can improve. And then he tells me, and all right, everybody, just make sure you're very careful with handling sharp objects today. But for the rest of it, give yourself a, a hand, a, a fucking hand of applause. And he stares straight at. <laughs> Do you think he give held- yourself a round of applause? Do you think he held the meeting in spite of you? Exactly, in spite of me. Okay. <laughs> but we get to the point where where toe shoes has to take me to the hospital. And, uh, as I said, not very happy about it, never enthused. He wasn't one for small talk in the car. Uh-huh. You know, that's about his day's been. Not much of a talker. And, uh, we get to the hospital. And, uh, he, try- he tries to, like, get out of there as soon as possible right then. Re- take in mind, this man is my only ride. Yeah. And I was cut in the left hand. I'm left-handed. I have paperwork to fill out. So I had to ask him to fill out all my paperwork. Like, is my fucking dad taking me to the dentist's office or something? Still pissed about it. And this lady asks, this lady strikes up a conversation with him about his toe shoes. And he just opens up completely. He's ecstatic that somebody went out of their way to ask about his fucking toe shoes and how comfortable they were. He's excited. He still hasn't signed my paperwork. Oh... Oh. Anyways, after that conversation's over, he finishes my paperwork, and uh, they get me in. There wasn't much of a line. There's someone who would hurt their eye, and that's about it. They get me in there. I shake the hand of the nurse with my non-bleeding hand. He says, all right, let's get you stitched up. And the whole shebang, put some, you know, some painkillers in there, wipe it off a bit of iodine, 
and at this point it's still bleeding profusely. That's so nasty. And, uh, <laughs> that's stitches. That's so. I'm getting it stitched up, watching his handiwork. It's pretty good, actually. He's very skilled at stitching. And uh, but he tries to finish up on a third stitch. And I tell him, you might not want to tie it up there. You might want to go for a fourth. And he, and he tells me, eh, I'll be fine. And sure as shit, once he ties up that third stitch and tries wrapping it up, he realizes you might need a fourth stitch. <laughs> so we have to reapply the painkillers. We got to undo a bit of the stitching and then go in for the fourth stitch. And by that time, I'm out of it. My hand's all stitched up. And fucking Chris, he's already gone. But he's supposed to he take left. you home. <laughs> he left. So who took you home? My father. Aww. <laughs> had to pick me up from the fucking uh, Rite Aid or whatever it was and take me home. That's what They never clocked me out either. So I got all those, all that time on the clock. That's and they tried telling me, you need to go for a follow-up appointment to make sure your thing's going good. I'm like, okay. I never went to that appointment. So did you never get your stitches out? I took them out myself. It's oh. not hard. You just snip, snip, and pull. Ugh, I'm sorry. That made me gag a little bit. <laughs> it's not even that bad. Okay. <laughs> well, since you worked with... How long did you work at Sweetwater? A few years, right? Three years. Three years. So since you worked with equipment and stuff like that, what was the transition from Sweetwater to the burger joint that you worked at? Uh, it was pretty smooth. There was absolutely no relevant skills, but both are entry provision jobs, so like, mm -hmm. I learned everything I needed to learn. I really enjoyed the restaurant job a lot more than I liked than the warehouse job. Because mm -hmm. the warehouse job, they teach you like, a, they, you know, they treat you like a baby, not allowed to do much. But then the fucking burger job, they're like, hell yeah, dude, flip that burger. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna flip this burger. And I stole so much food. Nice job, nice job. So much food. I would have a meal every day on on, on no one's dime. <laughs> Amazing, spectacular. Um, and since since your dad's a chef, did making food was like, <laughs> sorry, it was making food easy for you since your dad was a chef? I mean, it gave me a general idea on how I want to treat the food. Because, mm -hmm. you know, my father being a chef and all that, I learned to respect food. So you wouldn't catch me dead making it wrong. Yeah. One thing my father told me that actually took me pretty far at the restaurant is don't make something for somebody that you wouldn't eat yourself. Mm -hmm. So I never, not once, have I ever had a dissatisfied customer That's because of what I made. Because of your dad's words of wisdom. <laughs> words of wisdom. If something looks like shit, I ain't giving it to somebody else. They can wait an extra five minutes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so I know you said while you're working there, I know you got hit on by like at least one person. Did anyone else hit on you? And if so, was there like a weird approach? Did someone do like something weird to you? Uh, nothing really weird. I got a lot of numbers. But most of the part is just people, you know, taking a crack at it. I just shrug them off and say something like, hey, I'm not on the menu, or hey, I'm kind of taking at the moment. Or one of those two. Sorry, periodically, I am taken. So, not right now, maybe another time. Right. Check back next week. Life's always changing. Uh, okay, and since you, those are like the two main places you worked. 
Is there anywhere you would like to work, like a dream job? Uh, I don't exactly have a dream job, just because I lack ambition. Uh-huh. The only thing I really want is a job that I can work well and then make a comfortable living off of. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Would you want to work at a restaurant again since you like the burger joint? I wouldn't mind a restaurant as long as it paid the bills. The only reason I like the restaurant job from before is because, you know, I like my coworkers, but also it's getting paid pretty well. That's good. Because you moved up to a manager position really fast, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, you work, when you work hard and don't call off, people tend to like that. Yeah, because how long were your other coworkers there besides you? Because you moved up pretty fast, so... <laughs> I was a manager within six months, and we had a guy named Paul working there for three years. Amazing. <laughs> he was still at the bottom entry-level position. I'm so sorry, Paul. <laughs> I'm not. Paul, if you ever listen to this, please never get another service job. Oof. Rest Go to peace. college. Rest in peace, Paul. <laughs> okay, um, moving out of jobs... We're going to move into, like, places that you used to live. And I know you told me you got stabbed in Detroit. What caused that situation to happen? Uh, Strictly for being white passing. I was in detention because I was a terrible student. And uh, there's this other kid in there with me. And the entire time, he's kind of just giving me dirty looks. I'm not really doing much. I keep my head down. It's only me and him in the room, and there's no supervision whatsoever. All the teachers were having a meeting next door. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, as I said, I mind my own business, reading a book, and the kid gets up, and he takes out a knife, and he runs at me. But I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna die. So I'm screaming my head off. No one came. Not until after I got stabbed. And, uh, he tries going for me, and I caught up my hand, and it just went straight through my hand. Oh, okay. I didn't know you got stabbed in your hand. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. It stabbed me right between the pointer and the middle, like on the like that, you know, that like right below the webbing almost. Mm-hmm. And went straight through. And you think he did it just because you passed as white? Uh, that's pretty much the only reason. Never met the kid, never knew anything about the kid, but I did know there was a lot of prejudice against me in that school for being white passing. Mm-hmm. Racism at its finest, even though you are you're not even fully white. <laughs> nope, Hispanic. Um, okay, um, since I know you don't like New York, did something similar like that happen? Like, were you stabbed in New York, or was there somewhere, some other reason that you hated living there? New York is, it's a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy some of the things I had there. For instance, in a lot of places in the U.S., everything is kind of spread out. You might, if you go into a grocery store, you might have to drive 15, 30 minutes to get there, right? Mm-hmm. If when I, every time I was living in New York, if I wanted something, right right across the street, two blocks away, five minutes tops, you're there. Mm-hmm. That's something that was nice. The things that weren't nice is among the people. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone there is rude and overall horrible. Uh, the places didn't like anywhere I lived. The Queens was nice, but that's only because it was a high rise apartment. Because my mother was, you know, a fiance. Her fiance was like the lieutenant of the police department or some shit like that. They didn't last long, but mm-hmm. everywhere else was trash heaps. We're talking Brooklyn. We're talking uh, Manhattan was all right. Pretty much just Brooklyn. Brooklyn was goddamn Bronx. That was also goddamn awful. Cockroaches, trash everywhere. Lots of hobos. Wonderful. They're not too nice. They're pretty stacked. Smells, uh, 
not really there's a lot to do there but not places you really want to go i wasn't allowed outside without supervision were you stabbed in new york as well or just in detroit uh no almost got stabbed in new york i was living in yeah i was living in an apartment in the bronx camera which train was on but i would go downstairs i would go down it was a file was my apartment it was on the fifth flight there's no elevator so every time i wanted to go out i had to go down five flights of stairs and back up five flights of stairs when i want to go home mm-hmm. i went down with my mother we went to the laundromat which was right next to our complex and afterwards we're headed back and uh, the entrance to this apartment is in an alleyway uh-huh. very dimly lit alleyway because we're walking towards our entrance and out of nowhere pops a fucking uh you know homeless guy with a knife <laughs> So we're dangerous. getting mugged. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting mugged. And uh, my mother, mother of course, starts going for her purse. And the guy comes at us with a knife, and I kick him in the shin. Mm-hmm. Now that a, a shin kick from a five-year-old doesn't sound like much, but I was a very clumsy five-year-old, so I had teal, so steel shoe boots at all times. Mm-hmm. And I got him right in the shin. With steel-toed boots. <laughs> with steel-toed boots. And he went down a little bit. That's enough time for my mother to get pepper spray out. And she fucking pepper sprayed the shit out of him. <laughs> Did y'all call the cops on him? Oh, yeah. We went inside, called the cops. And, uh, yeah, they picked him up, got a statement. And that's how I almost got stabbed and mugged by a hobo in New York. Well, they got his statement? <laughs> what did he say? No, they got an hour statement. Okay. He doesn't get a statement. <laughs> okay, I thought they were like, so what happened? Did they attack you? And he's like... <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Lovely hobo attacks and getting stabbed by a random person in Detroit. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and right now I know you're living in Michigan and you used to live in Indiana for a while because that's where your dad lives. Yep, I was, I was born in Michigan. I lived there for two years. Then I lived, went to New York and lived there for about five or six years. My timeline's all over the place. So if it sounds exact, it's because nothing is. <laughs> and, uh, after New York went back to, back to Michigan and down to Indiana. Then I went to North Carolina, Florida, back to North Carolina, back up to Indiana, and now we're back at Michigan again. And why'd you move back to Michigan? I had a family up here. That was kind of like a transitional space. Mm-hmm. You know, I just quit my job at the factory and was, you know, just wanted to move around. I was thinking either I'd move back, you know, up here with my family or I could move to Florida. I don't, I would never would have wanted to step forward, you know, foot Florida again, but it was an option. Mm-hmm. And then Texas, if I wanted to make the big move. The big move. The big move. So, but I wasn't prepared for the big move, so no, that didn't happen. Understandable. So for um, do you? Oh, sorry. Do you miss your dad? Because I know your dad lives in Indiana, and he's like your only family member that lives there, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss him? Nah, love the guy. <laughs> visit him. Visit him a lot, actually. I visit him around three or four times a year. Actually, you're probably gonna visit him sometime next week. Okay. And uh, but you know, I do my own thing. He does his. I'm sure he misses me. He calls me all the time. But you don't miss him. <laughs> I don't miss. I don't miss people per se because they're still in my life in some capacity. Okay, I was expecting like when I wrote when I wrote that question, I was like, 
I wonder if he's gonna say something really sentimental about his dad, and you're like, nah, don't miss him. <laughs> I just don't care. Now, if he died, or if I didn't have my life anymore, I would miss him because then he wouldn't be something to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I understand. But no, he's very active in my life. He calls me all the time. Tells me about how his Fortnite's going. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he played Fortnite. Did would you ever play Fortnite with him? I would not. Okay. <laughs> he is beyond terrible. He's a boomer, so he's just god awful. Oh, what if you What if he wanted you to like teach him? <laughs> what you mm-hmm. teach him? I would have nothing to teach because that man would know everything about that game. He has put thousands of hours into Fortnite. But he's just garbage. <laughs> he's absolutely trash. <laughs> Recipe's dead. You just insulted everyone today. <laughs> That's all I can do. Okay, um, another thing about, like, moving and progressing through life. Um, roughly, I think it was, like, a month ago we talked about how you wanted to go to college. Maybe longer. I feel like it was longer. Um, and you wanted to get your basic courses done, but what would you pursue after getting your basic courses done? Do you have any programs in mind? Uh, I can do a lot of stuff. I got a lot of overall experience thanks to, you know, my old school and how they handled stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have experience with coding. I have experience with engineering, with, with dental. I have experience with, uh, when it comes to engineering stuff, I have experience with automotive, aquatic, and aerial engineering they had a really good program mm-hmm. so i i can do a lot of things and i'm pretty good at the things that i try to do it's just i have no as i said i have no ambition mm-hmm. so no no set no set passion that i want to pursue mm-hmm. understandable and what made you start thinking about going to college uh working at the warehouse made me realize i hate entry-level jobs <laughs> understandable i want to live comfortably and it's not easy to live comfortably in america if you don't have some sort of education higher education or you know some trade education that is very true because i know a few friends that i think i know someone that recently just dropped out of college and all she wants to do right now is work at like a dollar store and that's it and i'm like i feel really sad (laughs) it's just like i have so many friends that could do better but then they're just like I'm just going to work at this random store for a while. Well, I can tell you what my father told me. See, I'm going to let you work this job until you hate it. Oof. And then you're probably going to want to go to school. And sure as shit, I worked a job till I hated it. And now I want to go to school. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it works. It works, it works. Now you, now you have an, a little bit of ambition to progress with your life. <laughs> I have an ambition to live comfortably, and I will do what it takes to do that. I'm proud of you. Proud of that success drive. <laughs> okay. And I know I've known you for, for, I think we've known each other for almost three years. Probably coming up three years. I don't think we're over three years. But I wanted to get to know a little bit more about your childhood. Because usually we don't talk about your childhood. Oh, boy. <laughs> we There's a good reason for that. Well, I, okay, they're not bad questions. I'm not going to dive deep into the dark side of your childhood. Just simple questions that I don't know that we never talk about. Um, first one's gonna be about your dad again. <laughs> um, since your dad was a chef, did he ever let you help him out in the kitchen when you were a child? Mm, so, the thing about me and my father is that I try my best not to let him teach me anything. <laughs> Why? Because he has that. Because he's annoying. Because I'm like, okay, so the first time I learned how to make rice from him, 
I made it. We got it done. And every single time I made rice after that, you'd say, that's pretty good rice. Good thing I taught you how to do it. Oh. Now imagine him doing that for everything. Oh, no. I had to change my tire. You're lucky I taught you how to do that, kid. <laughs> he's not wrong, but at the same time, he's an asshole. He's like, he's just, he's just like, yeah, that's me. It's like he's saying like, oh, I did that. That's me. I just did that. Even though you did it, you're like, but that. <laughs> so it came to the point where I would avoid it. Anything he tried to teach me, just out of obstinacy. Mm -hmm. It's not the smartest thing to do, but at the same time, you did it. Yeah, you just don't want him to be a smart ass all the time about how he taught you. Exactly. Because that is exactly what he would do. <laughs> Understandable. My dad didn't really teach me anything, so. <laughs> Top 10. Oh, my dad tried to teach me a lot. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I zoned out for a second. Um, so, since your dad wanted to teach you how to cook and you didn't want to... Did you ever eat out since your dad was a chef? Because I know he constantly makes meals for you. But if you did eat out, where would you go? Uh, we did out, eat out pretty frequently. Because even if you are a chef, doesn't mean you want to cook every day, right? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And we would always go for... I never really have, like, your standard American food, you know? Where very rarely would we go out for, like, burgers and fries and shit like that. It'd always be, hey, do you want Vietnamese food? you want to get some Indian food? I want to go for some, uh, you know, some international stuff. It'd always be something else from a different culture, and it would always be a restaurant that he knew very well. Because that's what he did. He went around to a lot of restaurants, and he'd eat. So he'd he's eat a of, shit ton. So he's kind of like a taste tester. Well, an yeah. unofficial taste tester. <laughs> he, gets a, he gets around when it comes to restaurants, so he, he tries to find what's good in his area, you know? Mm -hmm. I understand. Okay, and speaking of foods of interest and disinterest, when did you find out that you didn't like yogurt, bananas, and ketchup? I want to know. <laughs> so ketchup has been a thing to me ever since I was born. Even even as an infant, I dislike ketchup. Not never sure why. Because I love tomatoes. I like sweet things. Barbecue sauce is good. You know, barbecue sauce is basically just spicy ketchup. It is. That's true. <laughs> But ketchup, just to my soul, makes me hate it. I love don't ketchup. like the look of it. Don't like the look at it. Don't like the taste of it. Don't like the sound of it. Don't like the smell of it. The I can't smell a it. lot of things. <sighs> when you squirt it out of a bottle oh. or when you dip into it, it's the worst thing ever. I thought you meant like, like the sound of somebody saying ketchup. <laughs> honestly, that too. But. <laughs> You know, there's there's not a lot of things I could smell in this world. Ketchup is still one of them, and that makes me so angry. <laughs> I'm sorry that you have to smell ketchup. <laughs> but I've just liked ketchup ever since I was a kid. Yogurt and bananas has always been kind of tentative, because, like, I've had good yogurt, and I've enjoyed yogurt before, and I've had bananas. Mm -hmm. I can enjoy bananas, but the texture of them sometimes just really sets me off in a bad way. What about, like, a banana-flavored yogurt? Hate it. <laughs> you wouldn't? Don't. Don't put those two things together. I that's one of my favorite yogurts though. So <laughs> I hate what you I mean, I love what you hate. <laughs> oh I know. <laughs> um okay. Oh, you're cutting out for a sec. Okay. Can you hear me fine now? Yeah, you cut out. Top ten. Okay. That's good now? Yep. Okay. Um uh, moving out of the food realm, um, I know you didn't have many friends growing up, neither did I, 
Um, nope. <laughs> and you you said you used to play uh, video games all the time. You wouldn't go outside. Do you remember your yep. first gaming system and or your favorite game from when you were a kid? So, do, when you say first gaming system, did you do you mean my first gaming system or? Yeah. What was the first gaming system you played on? That I played on. Yeah. First gaming system that I played on was the NES. My father had an NES because, of course, he had one. And the first game I can't remember, you know, it, it would have been you know the older stuff, you know Mario and all that. But the first video game console that I myself owned mm-hmm. was the Nintendo GameCube. Same. And that was the best thing of all time. What was your what was your favorite game on the GameCube? Smash Brothers Melee. <laughs> I don't I don't actually think I played Smash Bros when I played the GameCube. I was like more into. I- like the Spongebob games and Harvest Moon. Yeah. So. Yeah, those are pretty good traditional games. But the thing about Smash Brothers is that it first awakened my competitive spirit oh, when no. it came to video games. Because I would play with my sister. I would always win. Uh-huh. I don't win against my sister very often. And she wasn't used to losing. Every time she lost, she would give me a mean look. <laughs> and it would get to the point where she, she would beat me up after losing too much. That's amazing. <laughs> Top 10 sibling li- rivalries <laughs> beating the crap Smash out of Smash Brothers brother. Melee. <laughs> I mean, she was bigger than me, so not much I can do. I think my competitive gaming spirit rose from when I played um, Pokemon. And I know I wasn't playing against other people, but it was just like the thought of being competitive. Yeah. I was like, man. You don't want to lose. You yeah. want to catch them all. You want to be the very best. And also, like... I think it also came from... There was a Final Fantasy game on GameCube, but I don't remember which one it was. It Crystal was like, Chronicles? Yeah, I played Crystal Chronicles, and I think that was another competitive side for me. As well as Harvest Moon. And I know Harvest Moon's not necessarily a competitive game, but I get really... <laughs> but I get really mad because I could never date the blonde chick because she never thought I was good enough for her. And I hated that. Same. I hated that with a passion. I, like, would try to restart so many times, and she'd still be like, no, I don't like you. And I was like, why? I'm doing everything. So I just resorted to the long-haired black basic girl, because... Don't we all? Just what we just have to resort to her, because no one else will love us. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sometimes you gotta take what you get. Just gotta take what you get and keep on just getting the same thing. Okay, so since we talked about your childhood games, what about now? What's your favorite game at the moment? Uh, now, what is my favorite game is a pretty loaded question. Because I got like seven games that I play at any given time. But I think my all-time favorite game would be Warframe. Mm-hmm. Which is not recommended for anybody to play. <laughs> Why do you say that? So let me put it, you know how in games, you play it, you unlock something, you get more stuff. You can see results for your actions within an hour, right? Yeah. In Warframe, if you want a new gun, first you need to get resources for the new gun. This can take anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes. It's not too bad. And then you have to build the gun. And take in mind, this is a free-to-play game. So they're not just give everything to you on a silver platter unless you pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait anywhere between 12 to 24 hours to build one gun. I hate it. 
like and it's that. even worse if you're building, you know, the characters of the game or the frames, because you have to you have to build. You need to get the pieces for a frame. There's three different pieces. Each piece is dropped in a different way, and it's all random. And then you have to build the piece. It takes 12 hours each piece, and then you have to build the mainframe, which takes 72 hours. I don't think I'd like playing Warframe. <laughs> this is this this is it's a hard game to recommend to people because it takes a lot of time and investment, a lot of you know strategic use playing of the game. You don't just fuck around in the game. You could if you wanted to, but if you wanted to get anywhere, you'd have to be efficiently grinding out different resources, the best of your ability. Well, how many hours do you have in it? Uh, let me look. Okay. Ow, I hurt myself. Warframe, I'm currently at 2,175 hours. I'm sad because I think I'm close to that in Smite, and Smite's like the easiest game. <laughs> oh yeah, Smite's, Smite is easy. It's, it's, it's replayable. If I wanted to get to the point where I am on Warframe again, I would kill myself. <laughs> if I lost everything, I would never start again. I don't think I'd start again on Smite either. Because, like, it's an easy game, but I have, like, 20 diamonds, and those take quite a minute to grind. So I don't think I'd want to re-get all of my diamonds and remaster everyone in the game again. Yeah, no, these aren't the things that we want to. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, once you've achieved progress in something, it's so hard to want to get that progress again. Because, like... Let's see. Just like how you own every single character in League of Legends, you wouldn't want to go through the process of getting all of them again. Oh, hell no. That's why I never started a second account or anything like that. I mean... Absolutely refuse. It's been hard for me. <laughs> I'd still, I think I'm still missing like 40 plus champions, and I'm trying mm -hmm. to get them all, and it's just taking a long time. But to get, get an idea of how far along I am in the game, there are 30 ranks to Warframe, right? Mm-hmm. The last two ranks aren't achievable right now because there isn't enough content in the game to achieve them. Mm -hmm. I'm at rank 27. So you're just almost there. I'm on the tip. And at being rank 27 means I am the top 1% of players. So you're doing pretty good for yourself, huh? I'm doing great for myself. <laughs> but it's taken over 2,000 hours to get there. Over a course of six years. That's disgusting. And they Absolutely. still haven't released the last two levels. So even if you make it there, you're just waiting. You can't even make it there. You, so you can't even, like, make it? You're just stuck waiting till they release something? <laughs> I'm stuck until they get more content to the game. That's which they do a great job about. You get a content update every week, pretty much. Oh, so they're getting closer to updating those levels, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's it might get, like, a new frame every other week, a new weapon. You never know. But that is my favorite game. It's it's come to a point where I have achieved tranquility in it. I just grind it out, I wait my time, and I feel nothing bad about it. Wonderful. It's great because you can just get in, grind out a little bit, put some stuff, start building them, and say, okay, I'm done with you. Set it aside for three days, come back to it, here's all this new stuff. Oh, so it's just kind of like replenishing to log in and have new stuff, I guess? Yeah. It's good. It's therapeutic. You know, just gathering stuff up. Okay. So now that I know your past favorite game, your current favorite game, I want to know about the games that you're anticipating. I know you're waiting for Cyberpunk. Do you think it's going to be good? I really, really hope it is. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of faith for the, for the developer. They've always been really good about pretty much anything. No. 
ethically, you know, ethically, they are a great company. They pay their workers well. They have good hours. They come out with great content. And I never once when I played something they made and thought that it was lackluster or, you know, just bad overall. Like, I wasted my time or my money playing it. That's good. And especially since Keanu Reeves in it, it's probably going to be pretty... Oh, definitely. Pretty cash money for that new game. He literally put his face on anything. That's a masterpiece. I mean, I don't know about the SpongeBob movie, though. I don't know about him being a tumbleweed. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, wait, no, he's a sage ball. He's a sage ball. You haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, we don't even just, know. It's just, it just feels weird. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Ten out of ten. It's, it's a masterpiece before it comes out, just because he's in it. Exactly. And uh, but, oh, go ahead. But you asked what I was anticipating. I am also super excited for Doom. Mm-hmm. Twenty eighteen, because I've always loved the series. I've always loved the music and. The soundtrack being made by Mick Gordon is absolutely wonderful. You don't even need to like metal to just be like, dang, this is good. So how many Doom games have they released? What, which one would this be? So you have Doom 1, 2, and 3. Doom 1 was made for, you know, old, old systems, so like PC. Mm-hmm. Doom 2 was also PC. And then Doom 3 is when they went to consoles, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then there's been a bunch of, like, other Dooms that are, like, masters of the first or like stuff that adds extra content like doom the master levels doom blah 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 this this and this but there's doom one two and three and then we cut all the way to doom 2016 which revitalized the series and it makes it it is absolutely wonderful if you haven't played it i really highly recommend anybody and then doom 2020 is coming out this year and it looks wonderful so far so you're very excited about that Oh, I'm extremely excited. If I if I wasn't almost broke, I'd buy it immediately. How much is it? Sixty bucks out the door, just like anything else. Oh, just like the Animal Crossing. Are you excited for Animal Crossing? I know I talked to you. I am excited. I am excited for Animal Crossing. It's not a game that I play religiously, but I might pop in for maybe ten minutes, twenty minutes every day. You, you gotta you gotta play multiplayer with me. Just saying. Like... That's a lot of commitment. It's not. It's not a lot of commitment. They have toe beans in the game now. The animals have toe That's a lot of commitment. It's not we'll see, we'll see when it comes out. It's cute. You have to pay your own pass and everything. I don't know how multiplayer will work, though. Because I don't know if we'll be able to have, like, our own separate town together. Or I literally have to invite you into my game and then you can ruin everything for me. <laughs> so I will ruin everything for you. Don't worry. Please don't. I'm probably going to put a lot of time into that game. <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> so We'll see. Maybe. Okay, I have one more question about interests that I want to ask, and it's your love from old music. Where does that come from? Was it a family member? Did you discover it on your own? Why do you listen to, like, Frank Sinatra and stuff like that? Um, I guess that needs a little bit, bit of backstory. I was a weird kid. Mm-hmm. That's a given. I but mean, yeah. I didn't have a passion for music until I was 13 years old. Until that moment, I absolutely hated music in every capacity. I'd tell people to turn the radio off while driving. That kind of person. But uh, I really got into electronic music. Mm-hmm. Namely, Skrillex. Oh my gosh, you're a Skrillex fan? <laughs> Back in the day, you know, that, that was a banger. And that opened it up for me. I started getting into a lot more stuff. started getting into Daft Punk. I started getting into... Uh, you know, a lot of the EDM scene. 
and I kept rolling with that for a bit. A couple years later, I started getting into uh, uh, numerous stuff. And then it just snowballed. And I'd listen to this, listen to this. Someone would send me something. I, that's what I would do with all my friends. I told them, hey, send me some music mm-hmm. that you want me to listen to. And I'll, try, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a listen to, see what I like. And they would. And I just listened to such a huge amount of music. We listen to music from all over the world. I listen to Japanese music. We listen to Indian music. We listen to uh, Hebrew hymns. Uh huh. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> We listened from the Middle East and the UK. We listened to, you know, jazz, rap, fucking, wow. So many genres, so many subgenres. I've been getting really indie into it. And then I started, I think I started old music about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I started getting into the uh, Motown scene. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, all these great fucking songs, you know just blew me away i kept getting more and more into it and from then on i just kept getting older and older and older and that's that's kind of where i'm sitting and now my father is sitting here he's saying oh you listen to the ramones that's why i used to listen to the ramones all the time when you were a kid you must have got it from me and i'm like sure okay you're like no dad i didn't like anything that anyone listened to (laughs) (laughs) but my taste has grown I was the opposite. I was the opposite. I listen to music all the time. I love music. I think my one of my first favorite song, because I think it was just easy to sing, and I know you don't like country, but it was Toby Keith's Talk About Me. Yeah, you can take that back. You don't have to hear this. (laughs) Yeah, but um, that was my first song I learned to sing, because they say it's literally, he just says me a lot, and so being like a three or four year old, I I knew the lyrics because they were easy. But like my first song that I genuinely liked in that I I would I didn't know its name, it was um, Feel Good Ink by Gorillaz, and I heard it for the first time at my grandma's neighbor's house because my brother was friends with the neighbor and they played it in the living room and I was like this is amazing, but he never told me the name of it. <laughs> And so I didn't find it for like a year and I like, and it came on the radio and I remember specifically, it was like me and my mom, I don't know if my dad was in the car, but I know my brother was and it came on and I literally screamed at them to turn it up and to tell me what the name was and I found it out. I think I was probably like seven <laughs> when I listened to it, but it's a good song, it's a good song. It's wild. How do you feel about their newer discography? You know, their new... Like- I don't yeah, really like, listen. you know, the song with Trans, uh, uh, whatever the fuck's called, you remember? So, I don't really listen to their new music, but, like, a couple of my friends do, and it kind of just, and for me, it's, like, a different vibe, and it's kind of odd, considering I haven't listened to them in years, and I only know their old style. It's, like, yeah. an odd transition for me. Because some of them, they sound cool, but it just gives me a weird vibe. It feels like I'm stuck in, like, an indie joint listening to music. And I'm not too big in indie music because I've never listened to it. It just, for me, it's just a weird symphonic vibe, and I don't know how I feel about it. I'd probably have to listen to them more. Because there's one I like, but I don't know the name of it, and I cannot tell you. Because my friend played the whole album for me, and I was like, I like one of those. (laughs) One. (laughs) Just like one. Oh, you cut off me. Oh, I said um, that my friend... The whole album? Yeah, the whole album. I only liked, like, one song. But I can't tell you which one it is. I'd have to listen to it. So. Fair enough. And then, I think for the last question, 
before your interview. Um, it might be a couple, depending on how your answer goes and how I want to continue. But it's going to be about your fears. <laughs> and I was going to Oh, there's ask, a lot. Yeah, I was going to ask about... Well, then I'll start with agoraphobia. And I wanted to know, like, did it stem from you, like, as a child? And if so, how did it affect you growing up? And, like, how does it affect you now? How does it affect me now and how did it start? Okay. Uh, I'm not sure when it started. It kind of just gradually got worse and worse. I'm pretty sure I've had it ever since I was a little kid. I never, that's one of the reasons I didn't like New York. Mm-hmm. Is that it's too many people and too small of an area. And it's very public. There's no private. I've always hated it. But it never really set me off like it does today. It just continually got worse. Like that warehouse job I was talking about. A lot of people, big public area, and uh, you know, every other hour I'd have to take a ten-minute break. You know, have a panic attack in the bathroom or something. You know. I mean, I don't know, but I understand. Mm. And uh, yeah, it makes it hard for me to do the things that seem easier for others. Mm-hmm. I don't go to concerts. I don't go to public areas. I don't go to public places. I tend to just stay inside and do my own thing. You know, feel safe. I understand. And, and it, it, go ahead. It, it makes it harder for me to want to go out and do things, you know? Like, you I do like going out to eat. I do like going out to places. I used to like concerts. But the fear that comes along with it and the panic that I feel when I'm in those places isn't, for me, isn't worth it. I can't enjoy the things that I want to go enjoy because of this. Do you think you'll ever be able to overcome it or do you think it just keeps getting worse? Uh, It's something that runs in my family, so it gets worse with time. And I don't want to resort to medication to really help with it, but I might have to in the future okay and um let's finish a final question on what are your other fears you don't have to go into them but i'd like to know what your other fears are because i only really know that you're agoraphobic so i have a fear of heights mm-hmm. i have a fear of small animals and Wait, what? insects why <laughs> sorry i said i wouldn't ask for details but i really want to know why you're scared of small animals so uh, a lot of these fears stem from the trauma that I had in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like the small animals and insects thing is kind of about the same. It's because mm-hmm. what my mother would do in New York was if I misbehaved, she would lock me in the closet. Mm-hmm. And she would keep me there for a long time. And it was New York. So, of course, there were things like roaches. Ugh, okay. So it'd be me scared in the small closet. And it was dark. I'd have things crawling over me. That's nasty. And if I screamed, my mother would come in and beat me. Mm-hmm. So that trauma and those the, the negative things that come with those memories just made it so that if things touch me, you know, smaller things, I feel panicked. I'm sorry. Like a bug crawling on me can send me into a full-blown panic attack. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, so heights, fears, small things crawling on me, uh, agoraphobia. But what if, if, okay, so I know you're, like, scared of them crawling on you, but what if they were just, like, in the room with you? Oh, that's fine. Oh, okay. No, just, when I say small things, like, small, small things, so, like, you know, pests, like, you know, 
insects, mice, small birds. So it's only if they crawl on you. Just if they're in your vicinity, you're okay. But if they touch you, you freak out. If they stay way the fuck away from you, we're good. Okay. <laughs> just just clarify. Just clarify. And then I also have also stemming from my mother, you know, uh, gynophobia. What's that? Fear of women. Uh, fear of fear of women. Okay. Do you fear me? Uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. What? <laughs> I don't even do anything. <laughs> you don't need to. I just exist. It's, it's incredibly unfair. I don't even have to know the person, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand. Is that all your fears? Uh, the dark. Oh, same. <laughs> Pretty much for the same reason as the rest. I've been a lot better about it recently. Um, I've been sleeping with a nightlight until I was about 21. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recently I've been sleeping without it, and I've been doing okay. That's good. Out of your list, I'm only scared of heights and the dark, and I'm still using nightlights. But, I mean, I'm, like, I'm, like, almost 20. <laughs> so I'm reaching yeah. your, your 21 mark of nightlights. It kind of just feel like that. Yeah, but mine's for different reasonings. I don't actually. I can't even like pinpoint why I'm scared of the dark. I, it's probably because my brother came into my room when I was little one time and smiled at me really creepily, and I was like, oh. And so I just keep the light on to see if someone comes to my room. It's more of like a safety net, not necessarily like a like someone caused it. It's just like I'm like mm-hmm. I gotta see if someone's in my room. If they're in my room, I gotta it's, see. It's them. it's just there. Yeah, because it's like, if I can't see anything, it's like something's there. And like, I can't help that feeling of not knowing if something's That's fair. in the Just close your eyes and pretend that everything is okay. <laughs> pretend everything's okay, forehead. <laughs> uh, and then for heights, I'm not really bad anymore as I used to be. Like, I used to get really panicky, but now it's like, I can ride roller coasters and stuff. But I can't do things that I know has a chance of me falling. Because, like, roller coasters, like, I feel secure. But if I'm standing, like, on a cliffside, I'll panic because I know I can fall and die. Like, if there's not a railing or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's everything I had to ask for you today. And I Mm -hmm. thank you for interviewing with me. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) And I hope you have a wonderful night. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for listening to my podcast. And if you liked it, please make sure to follow and leave a comment if you want to hear anything in specific from me, if you want me to bring Tristan back on, or if you want me to interview someone else. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks.